Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. unsealed today once again my dear friend thomas kniff who if new yorkers had any brains they would have voted him in instead of that fat loser dear alvin bragg don't forget kniff lost to bragg kniff is penny's attorney him and steve razor kniff will join me tomorrow but they will unseal that indictment today so uh kniff razor and penny on their way to court and then we'll get uh jason goldman back too he's representing jordan williams who uh, very similarly killed somebody on the train. Difference is, for starters, the uh, attacker went after Jordan and his girlfriend. Secondly, Jordan had a weapon. Penny didn't. But the biggest difference is Penny's white and Jordan's black. And as I said with Brian Kamid on Fox News on Saturday night, and I'll yell it till you all hear it, especially in this city, New York, L.A., and other big blue cities, if you're black... You do what you want and get away with it. If you're white, they treat you like Daniel Penny. And um, it ain't right. So, uh, with that said, my next guest, I say it all the time, along with Rudy Giuliani, the two best local politicians in my lifetime. Spent the better part of four decades as a great congressman out on Long Island, Homeland Security. He's done it all. Now he's a star at WABC and a legitimate friend of the Rosenberg family. My buddy, Peter King. Pete, good morning. How are you, pal? I'm doing great. And congratulations are Gabe. That must have been a great feeling for you last night. So you and Danielle must be on cloud nine. We really are. And uh, you know, of course, your son, Sean, your daughter, Erin. And knowing, of course, Pete, what we went through with Gabriel as a baby and Danielle doing all the legwork, Miami Children's Hospital, and all the things they told us about him. I don't care, you know, if he, if he doesn't make a shot all year. The fact that he's out there starting on a basketball team, Pete, uh, like you said, we, we were on cloud nine, and we'll be back on cloud nine later on tonight for his second game. That's right. Now, listen, the only negative thing I have to say about your family, why do you put me on after your mother? I mean, <laughs> this is impossible. I mean, first of all, you know, for two weeks, you bump me out from my spot. I mean, I just never did that to me. You do it. And then you put that back at 840. I feel great. Then your mother's on ahead of me. Who's listening to me now? Nobody cares. No, that's not true. You cannot. Now she warmed up the audience. Now they're pumped up. Oh, okay, okay, now, okay. She is, she is oh, something yes. else. And. You know, listen, again, you know, like sometimes my own family members get mad. They get embarrassed. You shouldn't say that. I couldn't disagree more. I mean, there is this real fear 
that you can't say what you feel these days because you're going to get canceled. And I have to tell you, that's not really true. There's not a, a, a ton of talent out there that got canceled for what they said. Now, what they did, whole other story, you know, sexual stuff and all that. But the idea that if you're a Republican, you can't come out and call out people and even get nasty sometimes, that's not really necessarily true, is it, Peter King? No, it's not. I just wish that you know, more people had guts. Like I wish there were more people in the Catholic Church that denounced that phony nun organization out in L.A. when the Dodgers honored them. I mean, that was such an insult to Catholics, and yet for the most part, Catholics are quiet. As O'Reilly was talking about the other day, you know, the drag queens, they march, they're you know, here, we're queer, and we're coming after your kids. And do you know any politician or anyone in public life has really condemned that? People are afraid they're going to be called racist or anti-gay or whatever. Don't I think... Too many people are intimidated, but if they sit up, they find out that yep. there's not that much to worry about. Just show some guts. Right. I mean, the, the, what they'll say is, well, they're not all bad people. So what? They're not bad people, but good or bad, they have no right being around kids. I mean, I'm sorry. That whole culture, that whole cult- culture is is rough. And don't whether they're good or bad, they should not be around kids, bottom line. You know, nobody used that excuse of one bad cop when uh, – Right. Back in 2020. I mean, Christ, you have to, uh, you know, the cities in the country are burning because of one cop. And you know, no one said over and said, hey, it's only one cop. No, that's so we were all systemic racists because of one cop with George Floyd. So, no, there's, there's a lot of hypocrisy, a lot of uh, cowardice in the country. Now, your mother may carry it a bit too far, but that's you know, also it explains where you came from. Sir. <laughs> yeah. you well, I say calling Adams a dirtbag <laughs> and encouraging people to shoot the president, that is a bit much. <laughs> I mean, that's a crime. <laughs> but listen, she feels very strongly. And the truth is, Peter, on a serious note, she's 88. It doesn't matter. But mm-hmm. on a very anecdotal note, I speak to a lot of people, and they're equally as pissed. And let's not forget, whether he won or lost, whatever you believe, 71 million people voted for Donald Trump last time. 71 million. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of pissed off folks these days. Yeah, and he was able to bring that together in 2016. I, was, I, I agree. I mean, Donald Trump was saying things that people felt for many years, but they're afraid to say it. He said it. I give him credit for that. You know, uh, you and I just disagree on you know, whether or not he's still a winning candidate. But right. no, I listen, he was able to speak for the forgotten American, and I give him full credit for that. I want to go back to the, the Keyshawn Sewell thing. Uh, on the occasions that I met her, I loved her. You know that I, I talked about it on the air. I really loved her. Right. And uh, I believe she would have been really good if the mayor and banks and these people would have allowed her to do her job. But she's gone. She's on her way out. And you heard the rumor. Uh, Curtis brought it up yesterday. He heard it from Brian Kilmeade. He didn't make it up. Or Greg Kelly. And we mentioned on the show this morning that maybe Jessica Tish, who's in charge of sanitation right now, never a cop. I know she worked at some clerical work, but never a cop. They're considering her as the commissioner. Uh, even if it doesn't happen, the fact she's even being considered. What are your thoughts on that? Well, first, let me say, I agree with what you said earlier on, that Pat Ryder would be a great choice to be NYPD commissioner. Ah, you were listening. No cool. About that. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, let me just say something about Jessica Tish. I'm not saying whether she's the perfect person to be commissioner. I worked with her for almost 10 years. She was at the highest levels of the police department. That was no clerical job. She was one of Ray Kelly's top assistants. She was one of the architects of the uh, 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 Amber Protection System in uh, Low Manhattan, nuclear detection, all of that. 
he was the highest level. He was a deputy commissioner for technology. And almost every meeting I was at on counterterrorism with Ray Kelly, Jessica Tish was there. That's when I first met her. Is that right? And Bill Bratton came in. He kept her on, and he made a deputy commissioner. So now whether or not she's the perfect choice for commissioner, and the fact is that, as you say, you're going to have Adams and Banks looking over their shoulder. Ishan, what she had going for her was being a career cop and a great cop, a real cop's cop. So she was able to get more of the support of the rank and file. I think it would be hard to Jessica to get that because it's of the way she'd be coming in, knowing that Adams and Banks are out there. And I'm like you. I was hoping for Eric Adams to do better. He talks a good game at times, but really he's been so erratic. And, yeah. and uh, yep. all over the place. I just hope that Jessica Tish, whatever happens, her reputation is in ruin because she is a class act. She really no, is. No, I like her. And, she, uh, she, she was yeah. on with me uh, on Women's Day, and I loved her. I thought she was great. And you did a great job just now, Peter, pointing out stuff that Curtis didn't, which is uh, seemingly she did do some very important stuff with Kelly and Bratton. So uh, I'm not here to disparage Jessica Tish. I like her a lot. I think she's a very impressive young lady. I just thought no experience, commissioner is a bit much, but at the very least, you pointed out some things that she has done along the way. I do, uh, I do appreciate that. But with Adams, I'm almost at the point, you know, we back and forth, we've had dinners, we've had lunches, we've talked, we've texted. He's been very nice. Uh, my son, especially because Abe has dyspraxia and Adams has dyslexia. And he's been uh, very human in my moments with Eric. But I'm almost at the point now where I almost hope he doesn't text me back because I'd rather criticize him. I I used to feel badly when I criticized him because we were becoming friends. But he would still do stupid things. Now I almost hope he doesn't get back to me, Peter, because, to be honest, he is not doing a heck of a lot better than Bill. He's better. He's better. But not a heck of a lot better. Yeah, I think uh, de Blasio was almost intentionally undermining the cops. Not that he was even a bad guy. This, that was his belief. He uh, he was raised, I think, on the belief that cops and military are bad people, and that, that guided him. Adams likes cops, but, again, he's so erratic and all over the place. He's got to start focusing and stop talking about breathing and talking about, you know, <laughs> just bringing out of foods he's eating, you know, hanging out at bars until 3 o'clock in the morning. All that's fun. I'm not judging on that. I'm just saying you got to show consistency. You know, I, I was in an event the other day out, out in the uh, – Nassau County, uh, Kevin McCarthy, the speaker, was in, Anthony D'Esposito, and people were there, and they were gathering, and there was the usual political talk. The one thing that D'Esposito got them going on and McCarthy was talking about cops and crime. Now, this is in the suburbs. Crime, because of Pat Ryder and others, hasn't really hit us hard in Nassau County, but that was the issue that day among those people. They are concerned and petrified because many of them work in the city. They see what's going on. They see what goes on in the subways. They see what goes on in the streets. They know what it's, what it's like. You get off the Penn Station and have to cross town. You're walking through every drug addict and homeless person. So that's the real issue. And Eric Adams, if he could just be firm and consistent on crime and get out there and not have banks and others trying to overrule the commissioner. I mean, listen, I, I look forward to getting together with Keyshawn Sewell someday. And uh, even though she's not the uh, type you know, to tell what goes on, but she could, if she wanted to, she could probably write some book oh, yeah. about what went on behind the oh, scenes yeah. at one yeah. police plaza and city hall. One of the things that disappointed me most with the mayor is uh, Daniel Penny's about to be arraigned. They're going to unseal oh, the boy. indictment. I know, and Knipp is on the way to court. And, you know, initially, again, we've been over this a million times. Adams came out. He was smart. He was measured. Let's see what happened here. Unlike Hochul, unlike that low-life Al Sharpton, he was measured. He was good. And then it took him a week or two before he started pulling the same nonsense you heard from every liberal politician. And, you know, it could have been my son. He's talking about black, 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 black. Shut up already, Eric, with that stuff. Nobody cares. And that's where he really, really 
disappointed me as Daniel Penny's on his way to court. How about Adams staying firm in that case? Because I got to tell you what, as a strong guy taking the train every day, something happens in front of me, Peter, I'm going to think twice. Yeah, I mean, to me, that was a real cave-in by Eric Adams on that. I mean, to, to Panda, and to be talking about somehow that became a racial issue, of course, ignoring the fact that the other guy who was holding him down was also a black guy. I mean, he had a black guy and Penny, and if Penny wanted to kill him, he could have done it in two seconds if he wanted to. Obviously, he was trying to restrain him. The guy wouldn't stop. And, uh, again, I, I think he was probably the most surprised guy when he actually did kill him. I mean, the fact is that uh, he was doing his best to calm the guy down keep him under control until the cops got there. Afterwards, he actually helped uh, you know, the artificial, uh, artificial respiration yep. when, the, when the guy yep. was. So, I mean, this, this is a dedicated guy, a Marine, doing what he did. Now, the other case, I listen, what, all I know is you know, the guy who was stabbed on the subway, I think the guy did the right thing. But that was black on black. Can you imagine if that was a white guy? Right, see, exactly. Eric Adams are really an Al Sharpton. I mean, TV gave guys like Sharpton credibility and some of these phony lawyers and activists that come in. Now, that would have been a clear case for Eric Adams to stand up for what was right and throw race out the window. There's nothing to do with it. I mean, God, uh, first of all, the irony is the people who suffer the most from crime in, in New York is, 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 is the black community. Right. Uh, Not just New York. Of the victims are black uh, all over the country. Right. right. Chicago, L.A. Black. Right. They're all yeah. black. It's black on black. It ain't white on black. It ain't white supremacy. It's black on black. Uh, one more. I, I actually heard our friend, uh, your friend first, and you're the one who got me pumped up about it. You were right. D.A. Ann Donnelly, she was on the station on a news report yesterday talking about uh, a local crime in your county. Uh, crime. Uh, a guy went out, got drunk, and ended up killing two teenagers. And then you read, I guess, in the post that he was uh, having an affair, all kinds of nefarious stuff. And, of course, his family saying, no, he's a wonderful guy, great guy, had one bad night. But uh, two kids dead in a car wreck, another drunk driver. That's a bad story for Nassau County. Oh, it is. But thank God we do have the cops are able to do their job. Listen, NYPD cops are great. They haven't been allowed to do their job. National cops are great. Pat Ryder's been a great commissioner. He knows what has to be done. And Donnelly is a phenomenal DA. She's tough. She's on the job. There's no BS with her at all. No, we're, we're blessed in Nassau County. we got to keep it that way. We really don't. You know, Bruce Blakeman is doing a terrific job as county executive. And uh, so, you know, we're looking forward to, again, keeping that type of leadership in, in Nassau County because you have to have it. We are right on the edge of New York City. And you have that crossover crime we have to look out for. But also, New York is so important. That's because so many of our people work in New York. So many people want to go to New York, for, you know, to Broadway, to restaurants. And uh, probably the one place that nobody worries about is Bell Harbor. you got it down there. <laughs> Damn right. You know, no, don't come to our neighborhood. You're there. You know that. That's right. They love know, you. They, well. Oh, Sean loves you at Harbor Lights, Speed King. They love you. <laughs> uh, Harbor Lights, what a great place. Bernie Heron was the owner there yeah, yeah. a few years. That's a great, great place. And that's, ironically, is where that uh, plane came down. Yeah, Remember yeah. that? Uh, right across the street two months after right 9-11. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know this story. Yeah. We, we were on the Intrepid that day, and, and I whispered in uh, Imus's ear. He was on the phone with Tom Ridge. How ironic is that? At the time, he ran Homeland Security, oh, yeah. and I said, You're another right. plane is down. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that was, you know, no, but that is, uh, Harbourlite is a great place. It's just uh, great people. And down there, I mean, listen, you probably saw more American flags on one street yes. in Bell Harbor than you saw in all the west side of Manhattan your whole life. It's I mean, true. Just, uh, yeah. Not even close. I mean, almost every house in Bell Harbor has at least one. Some have more than one. A lot of FDNY flags, too. Don't forget Timothy Klein. Oh, yeah. On 137th, he died last year, and 
It's a wonderful place to live, and you are a wonderful guy. Kevin Breslin says hello. Uh, Kevin Breslin's great. Kevin, his brother James, his father Jimmy, their father Jimmy was a, a good friend of mine. Sometimes, other times he'd be fighting with me, but he's <laughs> a legend in New York, and those guys idolize their father. Jimmy was part of New York. They are carrying forth that tradition. They're great people. Anytime the presidents are on your side, you're in good shape. Don't get them mad at you. But they're, they're great guys. I agree. And uh, Jimmy Breslin was a legend, and Pete King, so are you. Thank you for another really, really great appearance. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. We'll talk again very soon, Peter. Thank you. Have a happy Fourth of July coming up. You too, buddy. That's a great American right there. Great congressman. Terrific man. Great father. Great husband. Wonderful guy, Pete King.